Hi, welcome to the coffee celebration. I'm your host, Wendy Sue Friedman Steinberg. And today, my guest is Talia Bailey. She was a student of mine at Cincinnati State Technical and Community College. And I'm not going to say how long ago because we're both prodigies and very young and dynamic. And so I'm going to welcome her to our podcast and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. I know you're from the state of Washington, but you're not currently living there, right? Right. Um, so first, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. And I miss you so much. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> we had the best. They weren't even like advising me. They were like sacred. I don't even know what they were, but we had the best time. And I was in a cubicle. So if everyone can imagine me in a cubicle, my voice carried maybe a little bit. So we just had the best time. Okay. Yes. It's your turn. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're totally fine. It's definitely nostalgic. Like I think about it all the time. I miss um, Cincinnati State so much because currently I'm on... uh, well, I'm getting my bachelor's degree online. So, you know, no in-person stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just makes me miss <laughs> talking to you more. Um, but yeah, I uh, graduated C-State with my uh, networking and engineering technology degree with a major in cybersecurity. And right now I'm working towards my bachelor's in cybersecurity. And like, Ever since graduating from C-State, I just continue to go up. Like, I am in an amazing job. I work from home right now in IT. So it's my first, like, full-time IT job, and I'm loving it. And then me and um, my fiancé are about to close on our first house. <laughs> so I, the closing date's the 18th, so it's, like, coming up. It's, like, creeping up. And I've never been, like, so excited and nervous about something in my life. <laughs> You know what? I wish um, I, at your age, had been smart enough before I completely crushed my credit. And then it's it's healthy now, but it wasn't when I was your age to buy a house. You know, you're building wealth, equity, all the good stuff. I was like living day to day, like do to do, like I. <laughs> I was in an apartment. I think I was a hall director. So I was living on campus. Um, That's exciting. So how did you find a program that was for you, for cybersecurity that you could do 100% online? Like, how did you find that? Um, I just talked to my instructor, um, like the head of cybersecurity at Cincinnati State. And it was one of the... Was it Paul? Paul, (laughs) which I also miss him so much. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I miss a lot of my IT instructors and then also um, my leadership instructor, Julie McLaughlin. I love her. <laughs> I miss her so much. <laughs> and um, I, I'm also continuing to do leadership stuff. Sorry, my thoughts keep going back and forth here. You know what? Listen uh, to me. <laughs> the place. However this goes, it goes. No worries. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just talking to Paul and asking him for recommendations. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the time, I I wasn't really sure where I was going, like if I was going to be staying in Cincinnati or like moving um, to Kansas, where I currently am, uh, to be with my mom and ended up coming to Kansas. And I was like, well, I'm going to do the full online university, too. But what really got me was they also um, 
give you vouchers to take certification exams to free ones. And that saves me a ton of money because some certifications are so expensive to take the test. So (laughs) that's what like sold me on it. It was that. How do you like working from home? I love it. I never want to go back. (laughs) You don't ever want to go back. I think this job then. What was that? How did you find this job? Actually, um, my best friend, Madison, who I met in my cybersecurity program at Cincinnati State, she got hired here first. And then I was still just kind of trying to do school full time. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, OK, I think I'm ready to like, you know, dip my toes in mm-hmm. like entry IT stuff. And so she recommended me and mm-hmm. I, start, I started part time and then got bumped up to full time pretty quickly. And it's been so much fun. It's hard to juggle work and school full time. Yeah, (laughs) I can't imagine. So cybersecurity is such a rising field. I I don't even know how you keep up with everything. Um, It's, It's, yeah, it's hard. (laughs) Changing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons why I chose it, because I love learning. Uh Like if I could be a professional student and like get paid for that, I probably would do that. Um. But that just like my love for technology in general, but I have to constantly be researching about like stuff in the news and like different advancements in technology and um, just having to like solve puzzles all the time basically is why I chose it and like Mm -hmm. trying to keep up and adapt and like I knew I wouldn't get bored because what started me wanting to get into IT for remote work was I got a stress fracture on my right foot. So I couldn't work. And this was um, right before Cincinnati State. Okay. Um, And I was like a full-time produce manager at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. But I just like overworked myself and got hurt on my foot. And so then I was like, okay, like what's something that like I can be really passionate about where like even, you know, if something happens to me physically, I'm still able to like have fun mentally and not do just like monotonous things. Sure. Sure. That's what really got me into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I know that um, now I remember from Cincinnati State, the curriculum only had statistics. Now at the bachelor's level, do you have to take more math like calculus or anything like that? No, I haven't had to take any further math classes. Um, okay. that at least as of yet. Yeah, that but. would be, yeah. Okay, so I don't know if you know this about me, but I got my graduate degree in Kansas, and I don't know where you are in Kansas, or if you want to disclose that, but I got my degree in Emporia. Um, it is about an hour and a half west of Kansas City. Okay. So I don't know where you are. Where are you? Can you tell me? Yep. I am. Um, I'm about 20 minutes from Salina. Like right off I-70? Yeah, it's, it's a, ironically, a small town called Minneapolis. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's super, I love it. Like, <laughs> I'm so tired of living in the city and it's just very calm out here. I feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just how thinking about like people. Tell you how small um, Let's see. Sorry, my dogs are barking. That's um, okay. Sophie the pug is walking around. Looking- <laughs> Sophie. Um, let's see. Let me look up the 
population because <laughs> it's pretty tiny. <laughs> you know what? It's but, sometimes while you're doing that, sometimes when, you know, throughout my whole adult life, I've been looking for that like safe place where you're just calm and comfortable mm -hmm. and, you know, it completely regulates you. I think environments yeah. do that. And the fact that you found it, I think that's so lovely that you have. That's, you know, people search their entire lives for that. And you just found sure. it. I, uh, oh, I just found it. So there's 1,948 people in this town. Okay. But so, so. do you have <laughs> more things? Like if you need a big shopping or if you need gifts or anything? Yeah, I would just head over to Salina, but we also have um, a grocery store here too. But you know, it's kind of priced more for convenience, so I just rather right. go to Salina. <laughs> but absolutely, um, absolutely. And your mom's happy. Yes, very happy, and she's like super excited because <laughs> like our kitchen um, is huge. So we're excited to use that for Thanksgiving coming up. And <laughs> so you're moving in on the 18th, and then you're doing Thanksgiving the next week. Yep. <laughs> You are brave. So, <laughs> you I told her. <laughs> you, like, you, you showed it to me online and it is, it is so cute. The colors, it's, the I layout, it. <laughs> it's like the best, right? Oh. The kitchen is like what sold us because we both really like to cook. Um, So I told my mom that like even if we just use the kitchen to cook and then come back to her house to like eat it because, you know, it's going to take us a while to move everything in, but absolutely um, absolutely yeah <laughs> so fun. um okay I did not know that you were engaged when did this happen <laughs> um it happened in 20 December 18th 2020 oh okay so, so. <laughs> from home at that point how did he do it because we're all girls we must know <laughs> um it was really cute it, I was visiting him in Pennsylvania and it was snowing and we were building snowmen together and I was like I gave it like a stupid name I was like oh this is like this could be your son Bobolino and <laughs> and I was like he's like you should go get your phone and like take a picture of it and I'm like why like I'm just enjoying like being in the moment I was, I was being the stubborn one I'm like why do you want me to get my phone why because like, my mom asked <laughs> if we could record it but he tried to do it sneaky so he's like no no come on go get your phone and then like I was like okay recording it and then finally <laughs> he's like please just record it like this is important I'm like okay I will and then <laughs> when I did that um you know he got down on the end you know proposed to me in the snow <laughs> and then I tackled him in the snow because <laughs> I was like oh my god yes <laughs> a thousand times yes and then yeah so <laughs> it's just really sweet um and I have the video. I'll have to send it to you because it's pretty funny. <laughs> so. Um, see, I love it. So then, bought a house, buying a house, getting married, getting your bachelor's. When's the wedding? We are wanting to have it next fall because it's my favorite season. Which <laughs> is one of the things I don't like too much about Kansas is the summer weather because it's like ninety to over a hundred degrees all the time. So it's finally in like the 20s to 50s now that it's winter <laughs> so I'm loving nice. that um but yeah we're kind of doing it like a little backwards like we got engaged in 2020 and then uh we moved in together um my mom's 
you know, um, been letting us stay here while we save up money, which has been really cool. And we've been, you know, contributing with rent and stuff. But then, um, so we're saving up for a house and now we're getting a house and then we're getting married. (laughs) So, you know what? I don't think that anything is linear anymore. You know what I mean? When now I have, I don't know if you know this about me. Um, I have been, since we've met, I I am divorced. So I was married for 17 and a half years. And once my ex husband, proposed we just bought a house together and started um living together absolutely and then we got married eight months later and you know a year and a half later kids came yeah nothing I don't think in our world today we've all know we all know life is so short right we there's nothing that and you know what why why would we and and okay because my thoughts are all over do you hear me right Um, it's it's insane because we've, we've lived through a pandemic and now it's a new normal. Okay. Right. We know life is so short and being online is such, it is completely ingrained in our society now is as something very normal. But, you know, five years ago, it was like getting an online class. That was what? That's crazy talk. <laughs> right. Now, you know, the degrees that I work with are all online too. And, and it's really a matter of, you know, providing another option for people who, you know, don't have it locally. And so I don't, I wouldn't say anything about things didn't happen, I guess they should, because yeah, I grew up too, knowing that I should work at one place for 40 years, get my wife, but um, that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, no one works at their same job unless you're at the post office for 40 years because it, it's just not part of our of our culture, you know? Yeah. So you're doing you and that's all that matters, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm super happy. Um, Good. And yeah, it's just so much has happened since last time I actually talked to you. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I actually got um, diagnosed with ADD too. So that helped me a lot with like my mental health and like just understanding and being more accepting of who I am. Um, And then let's see what else. Um, I got a kitten. (laughs) His name is Boo. (laughs) And he's hyper and super mischievous (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) Oh, you know what? (laughs) I, I am still at that place where I am struggling to accept who I am. It's hard. And listening to you is really inspirational because, um, I, I think it's the generation X in me, you know, I don't know what generation you are, but like definitely 1971 generation X, you know, you know, just I've been wired with your self-worth and it's, it's been taking some time to kind of, you know, turn that around and, um, you know, my kids all have ADHD, all three boys, and they know when they're off. Uh, I'll get a call from school. And they'll be like, can I just give him a booster? And I'm like, yes, do it right now. 
give them four. I don't care. Do it. You know, and they know when they're not able to focus or regulate themselves. And I don't think medicine, I'm really hoping medicine doesn't have that stigma anymore. I mean, I myself um, are on antidepressants, you know, I am going through menopause. So that tells you how old I am. And my doctor actually, you get this thing called brain fog where you like walk in a room and you don't know where, why you did that. And so finally, my doctor actually put me on um, Adderall so that I could have focus, even if it's just for part of the day. And I am so grateful that she recognized that because, I mean, I can actually work more efficiently, effectively. And, you know, I don't care. It's definitely needed. Your, your brains aren't designed to be the same thing for 50 years all the time. It's changing the way, the more you learn your environment, there's so many variables that go into it. So I am so happy for you. Are you happy? Yeah. I, well, I've had like speaking of medication, I've had quite a journey with that. And then there is sadly still like that stigma with it, especially when it comes to things like Adderall. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm only Adderall. on. Do you know things about Adderall? I don't know. It's just because it's methamphetamines. What is that? What's methamphetamine? Is that bad? Um, it's just like. A controlled substance? Yeah. Okay. That was my mind uh, too, because like, I wouldn't even know what to do with some of this stuff and the way that other people think like to take things like that and to make it something uh, else small uh, in science. But second of all, I don't even know how they think like that. Okay. Continue. Tell but me. It, like, it helps. It helped me focus a lot, but, but then my um, psychiatrist put me on another oh one. Your boy just came in and <laughs> face. Yes. <laughs> and my cat is like <laughs> crawling all over my desk right now. <laughs> um, sorry, just so distracted. I, so, well, yeah, I'm not on Adderall, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, but I was. And then when they put me on um, Wellbutrin on top of it, which those, they, it either works super well. Or it goes very horribly. And unfortunately for me, it went very badly. I was starting to have um, auditory hallucinations and had to be um, hospitalized for two or three days while I was like weaning off of it. And like a part of me, um, and I'm better now, like I'm not having any of those things. Um, Like I'm just on my normal antidepressants now. Mm -hmm. But like, it kind of sucked, like, starting with the Adderall and like feeling like wow this is like what I could like actually do like how like you know quote unquote this is how my brain is supposed to be you know or like to help me normal or like function more normally you know even though it's like what is normal but like (laughs) I struggle with like so many daily things like doing laundry and dishes and like just you know same like taking a shower, brushing your teeth and making sure I eat or, you know, <laughs> cause like, especially when I hyper-focus, I'll, you know, just be zoned into that. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, it's been like six hours past. I haven't eaten today. Like, <laughs> I don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, so I just really have to like, 
be on myself about that. So I'm kind of scared to go back to it though, just because of the experience I had with the auditory hallucination part. Um, For sure. But it is still kind of like the grieving process of like, especially being diagnosed as an adult, like, you know, what could have been done like earlier to, to help me like be more, um, I don't know, just help me more in d- daily life, you know, yeah. um, especially in girls and women, because a lot of uh, are from what I've read anyway, don't, we don't get a diagnosis until we're adults. Cause it usually presents as like just depression or anxiety and it takes them a while to rule that other stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when someone hears like ADHD or ADD to think of like typically, a, you know, someone who identifies as a boy jumping off the walls, you right. know, but like in um, women and girls, it's normally like, it's the inattentive kind. So just like, you're not like bouncing off the walls, but you're really struggling with focusing and like daydreaming or, you know. Right. No, right. So, I, I, I definitely get that grieving process. Um, I totally understand it. Um, Cause you kind of feel like, wow, look at all this wasted time. And yeah. I, I could have, even though we're not going to shit on ourselves because we're not shitting today. Um, you know, I, I could have had the resources and support I needed earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, that's so unfortunate because how old are you now? I am 27. I'm turning 28 in February. Yeah. Uh, so that's a long time. And like, I, um, I, I've, you know, I've had straight A's, ever since I've been in school and like, you know, uh, I have social anxiety, but you know, I'm able to like, I'm not um, agoraphobic where I just want to be in the house all the time. You know, I do like going out and stuff. So like doctors were just like, Oh, you know, she's normal. Like she probably just has depression or anxiety, you know, <laughs> but it's like, if I would have known, like, cause I never thought of myself as like um, neurodivergent. Right because right. of that and so like and like no doctor ever told me that like I could have been or they suspected it so like you know I just thought that there was always like like yeah I'm I agree that like I'm smart and amazing and can do all these things but always felt like something was still like keeping me back from being like my full self so like receiving the diagnosis at least helped me a lot like accept myself and love myself and like actually truly understand because you know, the boxes that you need to check for depression and anxiety, like I would check them, but then there was still things, you know, not on the checklist. I'm like, why, why do I do this? Like, I don't understand, (laughs) you know? So it really helped for sure. So then what kind of clinician finally was able to give you the correct diagnosis and help Um, link all of that together? I started seeing someone uh, here in Kansas and it was a psychiatrist. I've also been doing um, uh, just normal therapy too, um, but he looked at all my medical records because, like, I have I was also um, hospitalized and diagnosed with PTSD when I was 21. But I have I was like diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was 12 or 13. So mm-hmm. like it's been on record since that long. So he 
just looked at, you know, my past records and like what other doctors have said. And then he kind of like, I didn't even know he was going to diagnose me with it, to be honest. But he told me he was like keeping notes on stuff and like just how our conversations would go. And he's like, have you ever thought that you might have um, ADHD? And I'm like, well, no. But the funny thing is my sister was literally um, just going through her psychiatrist and like getting diagnosed with it. And so then that got me thinking like, because I, I, you know, I was like, I love my sister. She's my best friend. So, you know, I'm researching it and, you know, so I can help her. And then I'm like, wait, this is like, this is me. Uh (laughs) Like, um, but I don't like to self-diagnose. So it was funny that he brought it up because like, I didn't even mention it to him. Yeah. But then, um, like everything he told me about it. And like, I didn't even know there were two different types, like hyperactive and inattentive. Like I had no idea. I just always thought it was like, you know, the excess amount of physical energy. Right. Right. And then like when I tried Adderall, um, it was like my mind, like I try to describe it as like before it, (laughs) there's like a TV in my head and all stations are different like me's talking and like it's just someone constantly like changing the channel it was like all the different thoughts like about any and everything going on and then when I tried Adderall it was like I was in control of the remote and like my internal dialogue was like you know not a hamster on a wheel getting burnt out but like just yeah. a normal hammy <laughs> you know living right. its life <laughs> so wow. I was, like, I was it, it really helped um Cause I was like, wow, my head is like quiet for once, (laughs) you know? That's amazing. That's And then, but like since being off of it, it's been a couple of months now getting off of it was really hard because it is a controlled substance. Um, Okay. And it was just really difficult for me just because I could feel myself like slipping back into like what it felt like before it which I didn't like, but I'm also still doing therapy and stuff. Um, so I, I've learned a lot of other ways to help cope with it and at least like recognize it now. Um, mm-hmm. But it's been a wild experience because, you know, I went um, from being just like meh and then like being diagnosed and medicated and being like, wow, like I feel amazing. And then like that dip of like, yeah. oh, okay, we're slipping back now, you know, it's just yeah. how mental health goes, but it's still right. frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now and I feel like I'm doing pretty good. And it takes time. That's what's frustrating. Yeah, it's for like, sure. You know, when I remember with my kids, they started off like at 18 milligrams and 36 mm-hmm. and 54 then 72 until we could finally get the right I don't want to say cocktail, but like, that was really what it is like right. the level for them. And, um, it's really brave that you're talking about this. Because, Hi puppy. My you. It's okay. They're wild. <laughs> and that's, but, you know, mental health is so important. Uh, you know, I started it when I was 18, when I first was in college and, it, it just really helped me realize that, um, you know, I wasn't at fault for everything, you know, right. yeah. and it, it, it was almost like a, a very therapeutic release, you know, to just, Definitely. get out of my head. 
And um, ever since then, I've continued it where I've been and things. But um, yeah, it, it is so beneficial and it's such a great um, aspect of self-care. Oh, um, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. You know, self-care isn't just going to Target and buying everything you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't do that. Um, but it's true. It's like taking care of your mental health is so huge and recognizing that there's the need, you know, sometimes people just kind of stay in fear in that locked position and they're afraid to move forward, but they're afraid to do anything. And, um, your life just becomes stagnant. So it is so brave and courageous that you're working on that. So that, It's been a very long journey and I I was there too where I mean this is when I was a lot younger and just like you know angsty teenager like Mm -hmm. it's the world it's not you know (laughs) the world against me (laughs) you know I didn't want to receive help from anyone I wanted to try to do everything by myself and it was like I had to get to a very low point before I was like okay I need help which is like the first time I went to the hospital and then, um, you know, a couple of years passed because I think I started C-State when I was 25 and I w- was last hospitalized at like 20 or 21. So it had been like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, that the leadership classes are really what like <laughs> got me to sit down and be like, it was like a therapy in itself, like self-therapy, because a lot of people have different thoughts about leadership like you know oh you're like leading a group but it's no it's a lot of like self-reflection and like just being brutally honest yeah about like yeah your strengths but also like I needed to do this better and it's so hard (laughs) for us to admit that you know because we don't like our faults obviously but to acknowledge it and like try to get better at it is like the most important part for mental health yeah so with leadership, then you know exactly where you're coming from and how yeah. you want to build your team or build the people you supervise, or even how you interact with your colleagues who are really at the same level you are. And um, I want to share with you, since this is kind of, you know, what we're doing is, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but um, over the course of 11 years, um, my brother, my sister, my mom, and my dad died. And so it's just me at this point. So by the time between the age of 30 to 40, I lost my entire family. And so I was in therapy when my father passed and the clinician said, I think you need to do an outpatient program. Mm -hmm. And I quit my job which my then ex-husband, my then husband was like, oh, lovely, lovely. Um, And I went for three weeks from 8.30 to 2.30. And there was group therapy, time management. There was occupational therapy, which is really where we just, I built a birdhouse and I brought it home. And my then husband said, what are you in prison? I'm like, no, I'm building things. I'm, I'm, you know, like, um, and it was, it was probably the best thing I could have done for myself because I have never given myself three weeks, six hours a day 
the focus I needed to work through that tremendous loss, which I still live with and I still go back and forth. Um, But I made the most of it. I drank the Kool-Aid. I had the best time. You know, they gave us vouchers to eat lunch at the hospital, Mm -hmm. loved it, had the same thing every day, really became friends with the people who were there. And um, yeah, and then I was able to go back to my job because they just weren't able to find someone. But it was, it was so necessary to focus on that. So the fact that you've given time and attention to what's necessary for your own health your own mental health. That's huge. It's huge. I'm proud yeah. of you for doing that too, because it's very exhausting. Cause it's- I did an outpatient too and inpatient. Um yeah, just therapy for six hours straight is very exhausting. <laughs> you don't feel like it the first few days because right. you just switch you're just switching like we made collages. We had speakers, you know, like we got to see clinicians one-on-one that we like I said we built birdhouses they were so mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it is you get home and you're like now how do I process that you know yeah, exactly. it, it's the application piece and then you know as we both know with grief it's not linear it doesn't just come in one big swoop and then we're we're better and, and you know we move on but it hits us at different times and so Um, I, I was really glad I did that. I didn't even ask anybody. I just signed up, quit my job, told my husband what I'm doing for three weeks. And if they, I need to stay on, I'm going to stay on. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's expensive, obviously. Yeah. Don't even get me started on that. I know. Yeah. (laughs) It was $12,000. Yeah, And it's like, I didn't pay that because, you know, thank goodness for insurance, but I was responsible for some. And see, that's, what's remarkable about you is that you're doing it when you're young. You know, I didn't do that till I was 40. And just now I'm allowing myself because I did the same thing. I wanted to fix it on my own. I had so many therapists say, have you thought of medication? And I was offended. I was like, medication for what? I'm going to work it through. And um, yeah, I realized I needed it. I needed it. Yeah. When I went to go move my dad um, into the nursing home in Denver, you know, we're driving 1500 miles one way and we're putting him in a nursing home my clinician at the time was like, you need something, go to your doctor. And we, this was like three days before. So I'm like, scream, you know, scrambling to get in, get whatever. But, yeah. and I was, like you said, there's times where you have reflection and you're like, why did I wait? Or, you know, um, it, it's hard. It's hard to, to reconcile that with yourself. But you're, you're doing it and you're young and you're setting such a great foundation for your future. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you are um, so welcome. I, uh, <laughs> I try really hard to advocate for mental health too, just because like, um, you said you're Gen X, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm millennial. And then, um, just something that's 
important to me is like to keep breaking those cycles or, you know, and starting healthier things sooner. So like everything I'm learning, I'm trying to teach my sister who's 21, you know, and, and just helping like those around me stuff that I learned because, you know, the cost of mental health is outrageous. And, um, I think it's really sad that like, (laughs) We have to get to the point of being in an outpatient or inpatient program to mm-hmm. for people to be like it's okay to you know focus on yourself because a lot of society is like push through it don't talk about emotions still and there's been a lot of progress but um there still needs to be a whole lot more <laughs> with that because I grew up that way like you know work hard doesn't matter like don't show your feelings don't talk about them just keep working hard you know and then you know follow like the the very old school like American dream like work hard like find a partner buy a house have children blah 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 you know (laughs) and um I'm just like really proud of um your generation too because my mom has done a lot of work too and then my generation and my sister's generation is really the ones that are really like bumping up the pace with it and it just makes me happy to see because it's yeah it's been rough all around and it's like why are we gonna continue the cycle when it can clearly be changed so yeah I recently read about an Ohio State football player who stopped playing football at the Ohio State University because it was affecting his mental health. He wasn't giving it enough attention and he's in his early twenties and he just felt like it it needed to be addressed sooner than later. And, um, yeah, I I mean, I read his art, this article about him and I was in awe, you know, his parents supported him. The coaches supported him. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really, it's nice to see in the media that Mm -hmm. mental health is um being more normalized so to speak yeah and accepted for sure yeah 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 especially for people who identify as male because that is a whole (laughs) ball game in itself like right absolutely oh absolutely um yeah I really, when I go back, I, I know I shouldn't shut on myself, but I do sometimes. And thinking back to, you know, why didn't I take these resources and supports more seriously sooner? Um, but now that I am and I'm here, um, you know, myself and my three boys are all taking medication to help us mm-hmm. regulate ourselves throughout the day. And, um, you know, that's just who we are. And uh, it's good. It's just good. So right, like, there's nothing wrong with it, whether, you know, you need it or want it or don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of other ways too. And then like medication doesn't work the same way for everyone. That's why, you know, there's no like one pill for all. <laughs> and it's very frustrating process, because yeah. it takes weeks to get used to it. And then few more weeks to see if it's actually doing anything and if it's not then you have to go back off it and restart and yeah (laughs) I know it is hard it is really hard um 
but I am grateful to your generation who, you know, really putting it out there. Um, and it's so incredible because I didn't grow up with a cell phone. Obviously, I was playing out in the middle of the street all hours, whatever. And the fact that the platforms, the social media platforms mm. like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, um, and if there's others, I don't know about them, but those are the ones that I know, um, can really be a vehicle for helping normalize um, looking after your mental health and yeah. your friends and recognizing those signs and being available to people who need you. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's what it's all about. It's, it's good stuff. It really is. So yeah, it makes me happy to see, um, especially uh, there's a lot of like celebrities that push for mental health acceptance. And mm -hmm. there's um, this artist, her name is Mary Lambert. Um, and I follow her and she, uh, I'm going to write that down. Um, you've probably heard a few of her songs. I can't remember their names right now. I'm horrible with names. <laughs> but She's a singer? Yep. She's a singer. Um, okay. And she has a podcast, too. Um, she yeah. talks about her bipolarism. Um, yeah. But I'll have to text you the name. I can't remember it, of course. Okay. Um, but she's, like, super open, blunt about, like, what she's been through, like, what she does do. And just like being accepting of who you are totally and completely. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, <laughs> mental and physical. So it's awesome. That's good. Because there, I mean, my my mother, who was a boomer, um, grew up uh, with the stigma. Like when she heard I was going to therapy, immediately she thought I was going to talk about her. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I was like I'm I'm really not going to talk about you but if you want me to I can um you know it was just really a lot of other issues to unpack you know I started college at 17 and starting financial literacy and you know there's there's just so much expected of you um you know when your brain really hasn't formed until you're 25 and right and um I just told her, I said, I I'm really not talking about you, but sometimes I get challenged by our new dynamic, me being away and coming back from college. But um, yeah, she definitely grew up with the stigma of you don't talk about it, you don't, whatever, you don't go to therapy. And um, I think it's, it's moved ahead light years. Yeah, it's been my, my grandparents are like that too. And you know they're pretty set in their ways but it's like and then like <laughs> we both uh all of us like so my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family were, were very um religious in that way too which played a part in it oh, sure um and so it was like they grew up with like the you don't talk about it you know you just push through it like yeah. what do you mean you're depressed you're not depressed you know <laughs> type of thing and it's just like so unhealthy so it makes me happy to mm -hmm. that my parents and my dad took a little longer than my mom but yeah. Um, yeah both my parents have worked really hard with their mental health and continue to work on it and I'm just glad that I was given opportunities to like really work on mine and be able to help other people absolutely I am I, it's just it takes people like you to do that 
you're affecting your sister, the others around you, and it just kind of trickles around. And yeah, and yeah it, it really has a lasting effect. So, oh, so. I, I was going to say something <laughs> and then I forgot about it, but then I remembered. And it was like what when we were talking about, um, like trying not to be hard on our like past selves. Mm-hmm. And I was li- I literally just talking to my sister about this last night because like, you know, we always like reflect and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what helped me was when I was in the hospital and they told me like when I was just like thinking, oh, I hate myself. I feel like I'm so stupid, like things like that, you know, and they'd be like, would you tell those things to your best friend? And I was like, well, no. And they're like, why? <laughs> I was like, because I love them. They're like, you need to love yourself. Like, if I could go back in time and meet, like, 15-year-old Talia, I wouldn't tell her that, like, you're being dumb, this, that, and the third, like, what I would tell myself in the, you know, like, when I was feeling really down or whatever, I would just, like, love on that person, like, trying to think of it as, like, a, like, a third person, even though it's, like, you know, my past self helped a lot, too, Mm -hmm. and just, like, I wouldn't, like, go up to a 15-year-old kid and start, you know, calling them all these mean things that, like, sometimes we think about ourselves, like I wouldn't do that <laughs> you know so it's, it's really helped me learn to like love my inner child and heal a lot just thinking of it in that way that is so powerful it is because I would never do that yeah. when, oh I say you're so fat you're so ugly mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that to anyone else right oh my gosh oh my gosh yes uh, and um you know it took me a while to learn it but and then this last time I was in the hospital too I really had the chance to work on that because like I had improved so much but it Mm -hmm. made me slip back a lot like a lot of my progress but dealing with that and like learning um more about like your inner child and like you know things that happen in your childhood and stuff that doesn't get resolved like it's, it's still there whether it's conscious or subconscious, but definitely just like treat your, treating yourself like you would your best friend, like, and then just allowing yourself to like feel emotion. That was a huge problem for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I'd be like, I'm angry, but I feel guilty for feeling angry, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, you don't like, <laughs> like I would feel guilty about being angry at that person because I love them and it's like no it's okay to feel angry like it's a normal human emotion and like just learning to sit there and acknowledge like the emotion and then like letting it go and not letting it follow you the whole day has been right like such a hard process but it's totally worth it to like recognize it and being like it's okay to be sad and angry and you know society is just like if you're anything but happy (laughs) then like, oh, yeah. you know, there's something wrong, you know, <laughs> but it's normal to feel all those things. <laughs> and you bring such a good point. I think recently I heard the term, what is it? Toxic positivity, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, after my brother died a week before my wedding. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to call it off. I wasn't mentally in the game. I was like, this is a sign, you know, wherever you go, you go. Mm-hmm. Right. But I got married. It was fine. Um, but people, they show you when they're done with you, you know, they say things to you 
that they wouldn't even want said to them. Like, um, he's in a better place. God must have needed him. Um, You should be over this or whatever. But then like it it came again when my sister and then when my mother and then my father. And it's like, I had someone at when my father passed come up to me and say, oh, you're an orphan now. And I'm like, uh, I'd be like, sir, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> slap you silly. Um, like, <laughs> you can't I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. No, I'm not saying it to be sorry. <laughs> no, no. It's just we, the audacity. <laughs> the audacity, really. <laughs> People will show you who they are. Now, they, they don't want to hear. They don't want to listen. They don't want to know that you need to process or that maybe you're having a hard day about it. Um, you know, holidays are hard, um, not because we did anything amazing, but there's such an emphasis on family. There's such an emphasis on like being together that sometimes when you don't have what typically other people have, um, not that I'm comparing, but it, it, there's an awareness to it. Right. And, you know, when I first heard of it, it was a couple of years ago, this toxicity, I, I recognized it in myself, which is the first area of growth that I would say just the stupidest stuff to people, like it, when they're mourning or grieving or in transition of something in their life, instead of just listening and loving and accepting who they are, where they are right now. And, you know, that's all we really want. Right. Uh, it's. Yeah. Losing people to such a, or, you know, even animals or it's such a (laughs) hard grief. And like when my friends are having a hard time with it and they're like, oh, I just need to get over it. And I'm like, baby, no, no. like, no, no. (laughs) like you never get over it. Like you learn how to get like cope through it. Yeah. Like it, you know, it'll always be there, but yes. you know, you just learn how to deal with it, not deal with it, even that sounds harsh too, but like how to, like I said, cope yes. more healthily, you know, compared to like just being like, oh, you know, I need something about this and you just get over it. It's mm-hmm. like it does not work that way. Like it'll always be there, but. But you, I think you and I both know because we're very similar in this regard that if because we've both done this. If we do push through and we don't acknowledge where we are at that mm-hmm. time, it's still going to come up. Oh, yeah. And, and worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. With a different intensity. And we're still going to have to address it. But then there's more layers. It's going to take longer. And if we had just recognized the feeling of, like my, my clinician had said, Wendy, just put it in a box in your head. Close the box. You know, just you'll get to it, but there's so much going on right now. That's what you have to do when X, Y, or Z was a, it was a specific thing going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So then I physically, I mean, like literally in my head, I matched the box and put it in there. I closed it. I was done. And then I could go back to it. But um, yeah, it's, it's not possible to just push it away. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not. So Oh my goodness. So you're this little uh, light for everybody. I love that. Because 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You don't see yourself. You're in the picture. You can't see the picture. But for those of us who actually see who you are and how you're positively affecting others, it really is um, an inspiration because just listening to you in this very quick hour that we just sped through, I know it's like we're going to have to do part two soon. (laughs) For sure. I would love to. (laughs) Absolutely. And you'll walk me through your new house. It'll be gorgeous. Yes, for sure. But yeah, it's, it is. I maybe sometimes I feel like this piece, the mental health piece, the self-exploration and acceptance piece is really giving others permission to do the same with themselves. Definitely. And that's That's what I would hope for sure. Just be yeah. kind and graceful and patient. I'm the most impatient person, as you know, <laughs> even today. <laughs> but um, I was just like, can we start now? <laughs> Can't wait to talk You're to you. You're fabulous. You know. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, but I see this hour just went by so fast because this yeah, is our advising appointments went. And yep, I would, exactly. I would run late because I would, I just adore talking to you. Right. And this is such a, uh, an important piece. And I do hope that we will do another episode maybe in a month or so after the holidays when sure. we can talk about how we made it through because it does like some days I look at the clock and I'm like hour by hour, I just got to get to the next hour. Same. Um, and, and okay, so you know me very well too, coffee by coffee. <laughs> yes. Of Which, course. by the way, before we go, what is your fascination with crab rangoons? What are the. <laughs> um, every post is something about consuming copious amounts of crab rangoon. And <laughs> it's, is it just your favorite food? It's not even my favorite food. It's, um, so she's talking about my Facebook. <laughs> which I just like post a bunch of random funny stuff but I joined the group because it's like memes about crab rangoons and it's, so it's like a it's like a fried uh wonton with like crab in it and like a cream cheese and like they're delicious don't get me wrong but it's not my favorite food but <laughs> there's like all these like you know dumb and funny memes about like crab rangoons so I just like I had I joined like so many funny like different random groups on Facebook so and like <laughs> there's already so much like negative news in the world absolutely like the stuff I post is just like it's either cute animals or something funny or something stupid funny you know? 100% because you know, I was thinking oh, I gotta try one of those <laughs> they are good you should try one. <laughs> oh my gosh I I've, this morning was the second time that I worked out in many, many moons. So I am going to probably hold off on the crab rangoon for a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I feel like I'm in a good place right now, even though I still have so much further to go. Um, but yes, what you post um, definitely is a bright light. The example you're setting for others is inspiring people. Absolutely. Um, and I'm really grateful that, that we were able to talk and connect again. And we're not going to wait as long this next time. Okay. No. Definitely. Hey. <laughs> after the first of the year, after you get settled in your house, 
You've had your Christmas. Everything is good. Let's reconnect again. Even if it's just you and I talking on Zoom for like 12 hours eating popcorn, you know, (laughs) it's it's great. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're getting your bachelor's. Um, and really there's nothing but success in your future. I hope you, you see that. Absolutely. I, um, I just want to say that I like, I really appreciate you and like a lot of the instructors at C state and not even just instructors, but faculty, like really just having positive people who are like, okay, get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys a lot. Cause I couldn't have done it by myself. And that was the hardest part was learning. You can't do it by yourself. You need to accept help. So <laughs> I think we're going to get t-shirts. Okay. After the first of the year, <laughs> For you sure. can't do it, it by good. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. You have a great night and I love you and keep everything going. Um, and if you don't just send me a, um, a private message and we'll work on it together. Okay. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> okay. Have a night. Okay. Bye. Bye.